0: this is Patricia, and this is Christina, and this is What They're Worth, a podcast exposing the truths of everyday people who are willing to enter the beautiful mess of foster care and adoption. We're glad you're here. Everybody, welcome back to episode 26.
1: Today we bring to you more guests that we met on instagram (laughs) and today (laughs) their names are alex and amber they are the cutest couple from ohio and they have been in foster care and adoption for the past 10 years out of the 13 they have been married and they have 10 kids y'all 10 kids (laughs) and they're gonna tell us all about it today and share their hearts and maybe some words of wisdom. So we're very happy to have them, and I will (laughs) let them start off by telling us how they got into this mix. Yeah.
2: (laughs) It was your idea. You you tell them.
3: (laughs) It was your idea. (laughs) We don't, we never agree on that.
2: (laughs) Well, it was kind of, you started, tell them how you got us down the road.
3: Well, we knew we wanted a big family. I grew up
2: Um she knew we wanted a big family.
3: (laughs) So we don't agree. (laughs) Um and I we we thought, you know, we would do biological and um adoption. Foster care was not on the plate, especially for me. I was not interested in that at all. (laughs) Um funny. Um and so we were like when we were ready to start our family, we were just like, well, why don't we make ourselves available? And, and whatever happens first happens first. Um, so we decided to start trying for biologicals and um, taking classes for um, to be certified to adopt through the foster care system. Um, once we started classes, they, you know, gave us all the facts about, you know, if you want a, a younger kid, you probably can't adopt, you know, all that spiel. You can't adopt straight um, when they're that young because. There's always an older sibling or whatever. So we were like, well, that's interesting. We didn't really know what we were getting into, but um, we were certified for ages infant, like zero to three. Um, And then they talked us into fostering (laughs) because that was just, I don't know. I guess they, that was the, that's how you, that's how you adopt. Well, that's where the gear shifts. I had to
2: talk you into fostering. Yeah, that's true. We got going, we got going down the road and, you know, so we said, oh, well, we'll just get ready. You know, we'll get licensed. So whenever we're ready, dude, that was the dumbest thing I ever thought. Of. <laughs> and that's why I, always, I always tell people, I'm like, all right, you say you're just going to get ready. Then you're going to get a phone call. And then there's a real kid on the other end of it. And you're going, well, yes. is, is, is it, it what's more important, taking care of a kid or my comfort level with my lifestyle right now? So whatever, yeah. getting ready usually just means you're going to go ahead and do it. So don't lie to yourself. Right. Um, unless I'm just really that strong, whatever. That, that, but that was us. But so we got to the point and we, we, Amber, Amber has a heart for the deaf community. Amber's fluent in American Sign Language, has a degree in it. And, and our heart was to have a, a deaf kid. And, you know, like that's never going to happen statistically between the two of us. And so we're going through training and we're telling them, you know, you know, we really, we think it'd be neat to adopt a deaf child. And they're like, well, we don't really get deaf kids. You know, that's not, that's pretty unheard of, but you know, whatever, still get your license. And then we were, were we done with training or not? No. We, we, we were close to the end of training because at the end is where they make you fill out the paperwork. Do you just want to be an adoptive parent or do you want to foster and adopt? Or you can do foster only either, but there's, you know. You get to pick which one. And it's the same training. It's just literally a box you check and they give you yeah. the certification. And so as we're approaching that time, um, the lady who's doing our home study says, hey, we have a little deaf boy in the system. He's 11 months and we don't have any sign language family. So he's living with a family right now who doesn't know how to sign. I mean, he didn't know how to sign either at that point, but no one was teaching him. You know, he was getting no language and he was almost a year old. And that's super critical time for that. So, they said the thing is, he you would have to get foster care certified to take him because he's still in foster care. His parents still have their opportunity to work their case plan. Um, they, they said from experience, it doesn't look like they're going to do it. But he, yeah. you would have to be foster care and let the let the case run its course and give them due chance to to do their stuff
3: and i think that's for me where it clicked like because i didn't i couldn't really understand what they meant by you have to fo- you should foster to adopt mm-hmm. but that made total sense when they explained when when eli came into our lives um that made total sense to me i was like well okay <laughs> check that box
2: <laughs> yeah yeah adopt. so 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 to, to get him i mean is, there's a totally crazy like you know god's story about how somebody walked by somebody else's cubicle and overheard and then they told us and you know there's that's all its own crazy nut, nutty story but but that's basically how they got us to pull into foster care and not just adoption only because
1: really. hmm? i said darn it eli
3: i know i know, <laughs> I know. <laughs> Best decision that we've ever made. Like, I don't, we don't obviously regret it. We, right, maybe yeah. stop doing it once you're in it. You're just like, well, we, we gotta do another one, we gotta keep going. I mean, that's what
2: we did, that's not that whatever <laughs> <laughs> Yeah,
1: and people do know, stop at something, yeah, so you no, first stop
2: when you know you're good
1: placement, and you end up adopting him. Mm-hmm. That is cool. I did not realize he was deaf. That is so neat. Yeah, yeah. So, Alex, do you now know a bunch of signs? I'm sorry? Do you sign now, too?
2: Yeah, I wouldn't call myself fluent, but...
1: (laughs) Basically. Kind of learning along with them, I guess. Yeah. That's
3: pretty cool. Yeah, pretty cool. Okay, so what happened from there? Oh, Uh, (laughs) um, placement-wise, we got got Eli, uh, we got... I don't know, I don't know, probably a year later, we got another okay. little boy. Um, for a few months, he was reunified. Great. Um, that
2: means he, he went back with biological family,
3: yeah. Um, and then we got a little girl, she's so beautiful. We really, I mean, we love all of our kids, but you know, she was our first little girl. We had her for 10 months, I think, mm. I fell in love. And she was reunified and that's a really awesome situation. She yeah, was that our turned mom, out well. turned out well, broke our hearts. That was like our first like real heartbreak because um, we, you know, we were super attached. Um, uh, but the day that she was reunified, um, Eli's baby brother was born. Um, so I'm bawling at my computer um, because we, you know, we just had to say goodbye to our little girl. And um, I find out that Zion was born uh, like within that hour. And I was just Excel like,
2: names.
3: Zion. Yep. Yeah. Um, that he was born and it was just so cool. So, um, we brought him home from the hospital. Oh my Lord. Leah was next. <laughs> I mean,
4: right? have to have.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Leah was next, uh, about a year and a half later. That's an amazing story, yep. um, <laughs> crazy. Oh God, I have to look at our family pictures. <laughs> Who was next? Uh, Leah has a little sister. Uh, we brought her home from the hospital. Yep. Wow. We had a couple placements in, in there. We, um, longest placement ever was 19 months. They were unified. Um, that was hard. Um, but it was it was time. We were ready. They were ready. I guess like when you know that it's not going to be permanent. Uh-oh. Um, I don't know. It's like they knew it. And they were
2: antsy to move on. So that was a really. Because they, they were moving on to a family member out of state. And the transfer was taking months and months wow. and months. Somebody in a different state wanted them. They wanted to be there. Yeah. But it's just the bureaucracy and the, the,
4: yeah. right. the
2: bullcrap politics of getting them across state lines mm-hmm. and making two agencies work together. It's like pulling teeth.
1: I know. It's sad we haven't streamlined that by
3: now. But anyway. <laughs> oh, no kidding.
2: <laughs> um,
3: so they were reunified um, a couple of days before they were reunified.
2: Our did daughter. You skip, did you skip Ezra?
3: Oh, I forgot Ezra. Ezra came. As um, listening. <laughs> he came, uh, he was after Naomi. Yeah. Uh, he was a private adoption though. Oh, um, You guys yeah. don't stop, do you? Well, that was so <laughs> nuts. We were like, literally we were laying in bed talking about how funny our kids are. And, uh, I got a message from a friend and uh, she had a friend who was wanting to do adoption. And they were a young couple, um, And she was like, you know, how do we go about this? Uh, They want to give the baby up for adoption. Can you give us any insight on how to do that? Do you know
2: anyone who would want to adopt a baby? (laughs) And I rolled over and
3: I was like, like, Alex, do you want a baby? He was like, yeah. I was like, we'll take him. And I screenshotted that like conversation and like she was crying and we were all teary eyed and we had to raise money because, you know, it wasn't through foster care. So, um, that was in March, early March. And then Ezra was born six weeks early in April on Zion's birthday. Oh my God. Yeah, we woke up getting ready like to celebrate Zion. And then we get a phone call, like he's here. And we were like, happy birthday, Zion. we got to go to Columbus to meet your brother. Love ya. And we <laughs> drove to Columbus and we were I mean, he wasn't due for, you know, six wow. weeks we were not ready. But we were ready but we were not ready (laughs) at all so we drove up to columbus every day to to hold ezra and be with him he had to be in the NICU for a while babies are making noise Uh,
1: i was like something is happening yeah sorry (laughs) looking
3: at the monitor (laughs) i hope that doesn't pick up i'm sorry if it does but uh so yeah that was crazy um Yeah, that was Ezra. Then we got those, the two foster placements reunified. And then Mercy was born soon after, or just two days before um, our foster babies were reunified. Um, How do all these dates go like boom, 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 boom? It's crazy. I mean, we averaged a placement a year pretty much. Wow. It was wild. It was really wild. We've, we've, we never settled. Like we, we don't know what that means. We're, we're learning now. I think it's been about a year since Justice was born. Um, no, he, he'll be two in May. So, yeah, this is like probably the longest we've ever gone without a placement. And we know we're done. So we're not like, are they going to call us? Are You know, is our family going to change? You know, so it's it's kind of nice.
2: Yeah, we're cut off. State rule says off. 10 kids next. <laughs> uh,
3: although I did find out from our caseworker that yeah. they
2: will make an exception for a sibling. For siblings. So I'm
4: like,
2: end up with, we'll probably end up with two or three more by the time everything is said and done.
1: Oh my goodness. Look, look. he's accepted it now. In the beginning, he was like, she said we were having a big family.
2: <laughs> right. Oh no, I'm down with that. I was just totally middle of the road. I'm just like, yeah, I don't care. Whatever. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty moldable.
1: <laughs> I yeah. see that. Wow. That is. <laughs> was... Wow. And, but you guys, because I know me and Amber talked about this on the phone, you, all of the kids came when they were between one and three?
3: No. um, Leah, our oldest, um, she was our third kid. Third kid, but fifth placement. Yes. Um, uh, She was five. And they called us knowing that we were down for zero to three, but. We love yeah. the worker, and she was like, I know you guys are down for zero to three, but we really feel like this is going to be a great fit. And we were like, okay. <laughs> I mean, we we love her. We yeah. love, obviously. She's how old now? <laughs> she is 13. Mm-hmm. Yes. So fun. Okay.
1: <laughs> so, 10 years and I know everybody cannot, like, see you, but you guys are not, like, way older. You're yeah. very youthful. I Alex is saying no, but I'm saying yes. Um,
3: <laughs> I do.
2: I look,
1: <laughs> you look very young.
2: I um, feel old every day.
1: Well, yeah. So, I mean, what what have been the biggest things that stand out from 10 years of doing this and more than 10 kids with people going home? Ooh um
3: i mean for for me the the uncertainty I was not prepared for um, you, you just never know <laughs> what's going to happen when you wake up and uh, and I think too just stretching yourself as a, as a you just don't know what you're capable of until you're put in those situations um. What or what lengths you'll go, you know, you'll go through t- for your kid, you know? And, and then it's like, it's not even your kid, air quotes, you know, is what people say. But, but when you love someone as much as you love your kids, like, you'll do anything for them. Like, right now, thinking back of, about Ezra driving, you know, to Columbus every day, and we had to wait until Alex got home from work. So we were heading out at, like, 8.30 p.m., and we'd get there between nine and 10 and we'd stay till one in the morning, you know, and drive back every night. And we had four kids already. Like, it's it's crazy. So, I mean, like, just adapting to every situation and every situation is so, so, so different. No case is the same. Um, <clears throat> you just don't know what you're capable of. So it, I feel like I've learned about a lot about me. I feel like I've learned a lot about what I have to give. And there's like, there's no shame in knowing, like, you know, knowing what you can do and how strong you are. I guess I just didn't really realize it. Um, and also, um, I've learned, I think my most favorite lesson, the hardest lesson, but my most favorite, um, is how to love. Um, I don't, I haven't learned it. I haven't mastered it, but I'm learning it. Um, Loving unconditionally, and that whole get to attached um, thing that we hear a lot—I uh, feel like it's really picking up speed now within the foster care community. I—I mm-hmm. um, I know I went into it not loving wholeheartedly um, out of fear. Right. You know, you know there it, there's a possibility that they'll that they'll leave, and, and it's okay, and that's the goal, and you want to support the goal, and reunification is awesome and good. Um, but there's that piece of you that wants to, you know, love them and not be afraid of that. And I wouldn't let myself go there. Um, over time, you know, that wall tumbled down and we were able, or I was able, you we were too. <laughs> uh, so that was never hard for me. Yeah, he didn't. Yeah. That wasn't, that was not a you thing. Hmm. Um, and maybe that helped too, like seeing Alex give his heart, his whole heart to the kids, um, That's been really cool. A really cool lesson for me. Um,
2: I don't know. For me, it's just the, I mean, just to understand a little bit more about me, like I never even held a baby before I had kids. Wow. I I wasn't anti-baby. I just was, yeah, uh, whatever, uh, it's a baby, (laughs) you know. And like I said, I'm a pretty moldable person, but I haven't, I've never been like anti-family or anything. I always figured I would, but I never thought about this a lot, you know, before it actually came to it in my own life. But I see how incredibly important mothers and fathers are, and I see how important it is that mothers and fathers embrace their identity and the, the power and authority they have in a kid's life. And I don't mean authority like, you know, like crack the whip, you know, all the discipline. But I mean authority to love and shape a child. I feel like there's so much in our culture that's saying just let kids kind of do what they want. Let them figure out who they are. And like, and there's, there's strains of that that's, that's good and positive, you know, like I'm not saying that's all BS. But my job as a dad is to figure out what's been put in this kid from jump street to see it, to honor it and to let the kid inform me more and more as they get older, but to honor that and shape them in that way Mm -hmm. to keep them, you know, I've got to use my, like my arms to guard them from junk and everything that the world's going to throw at them and keep them on a path that's going to be healthy and good and fulfilling for them in the end. And like I said, that's not just me deciding where they're going. That's me reading them Mm -hmm. and saying, man, who are you made to be? And it's the same thing with foster kids. I mean, I treat every kid that comes in this house like they're my kid. And I know we catch we catch flack for this. like
3: That was the whole. Don't, yeah. That whole-
2: don't get me wrong. I know they're not legally my kids. And I'm not trying to sabotage them going back with their bio families. But when you're in my house, I treat you like my kid. I love you with reckless abandon. I will let you destroy my heart. And I'm going to pour into you every single thing that I pour into every kid that legally belongs to me. And every kid has that right and that need, that's a natural right. And so I need you, we need to recognize as moms and dads, whether you're foster, adoptive, biological, I don't care. Like you need to hold that power so tight because it's the and it's the power to be a servant and a servant leader to your kids. It's so incredibly important, and so many of us are abdicating that. And our kids are. they're they're getting hurt from it Mm. you know I just it's I I don't know the best way to articulate it maybe but it's just you have to know that you have a right to mold and shape this child because your heart is for them Mm. and you're the best person for it so I just I'm a little bit militant about it and like I said we, we catch flack for it a lot but Every one of these daggone kids, like, I mean, I can't, I can't cut their hair without asking and I'm not going to like spank their butts or anything like, you know, like that. I mean, <laughs> there's rules. Okay. Like when I say just like it, but like my heart and my mindset,
4: mm-hmm.
2: like I am for them, everything that I'm building on the earth. When I die, it's for them. And there's no distinction between, you know, you came from here and you came from there. If you're in my house, you're my kid. And I love you like that. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to just, I'll do it. I'll lay down on whatever altar I have to, to get you to where you need to be. So, okay. I
1: don't know. Internally, Internally that
0: was that, <laughs> it yeah. was that was a really good reminder and encouragement. Yeah. And I think we haven't had that from a dad really on our show, and we don't just hear it a lot in general, especially from foster dads. Um, I feel like foster moms have been in the forefront recently Mm -hmm. Um, or, you know, I just, we're all there. maybe because naturally women are just more, I don't know. We like social media more or we're just more social. (laughs) I don't know. Maybe both. Yeah, but it's really, really refreshing and encouraging to see your passion and your heart as a foster dad. And I know that is, I feel like
3: women are going to be showing, <laughs> having their husbands listen to this yeah. episode. <laughs> it's so good because I get a lot of comments on our social media pages um, from women. I want to do this so bad, but my husband doesn't want to. I want to do this so bad, but my husband's afraid. Or, you know, like that's that's what I get. All that. My husband's not ready or whatever. They're just not in unity with the decision. And I've been trying to get him to get on our pages and, and talk more about it so that men can hear, you know, from a man's perspective, a father's perspective, um, you know, how he got there, how he came to that decision and how he feels about it.
2: I haven't been able to articulate it well. Well, you, you did.
3: just did. not just well, <laughs> I, don't,
2: I don't want to ostracize anyone because I'm like, if, if it's like, as a dad, it's like that weight is resting on your shoulders for the health and the well-being of your household. Yeah. I mean... I don't care how, how egalitarian your mindset is at the end of the day. Like you still got to think like, man, if my wife's stressed out, what do I do about this? Like, you know, like, like that, that burden rests, you know, a lot of it right there. And so I don't want to bust anybody's chops for being nervous. If it's going to throw their household into disarray. But at the same time, I need some dudes to man up and stop trying to control everything and stop thinking that they can do, you know, stop thinking that, well, can I do this? Can I do that? Don't worry about that. Mm -hmm. like, at the end of the day, you're not really that much in control very much. Like get out there, put the effort in and mm-hmm. do it. Because it's, when you think about what hangs in the balance,
4: right. you know,
2: when you're talking about a kid, it's like, yeah, screw it. We'll figure it out. Like yeah. I just, but like I said, I don't want to bust anybody's chops. Who's honestly questioning and trying to figure out, but there's a lot of dudes that just need to let go of control and yeah. get tough. I think. I think but definitely, I'm, 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 a, I'm a harsh kind of a person sometimes.
1: Well, I, no, I think you're hitting it right on the head. And that a lot of people, there's just like a fear. Like, yes. I just don't know if, yep. and I've heard men say that. I just don't know if I could love a kid that mm-hmm. isn't my blood or sure. um, if I could discipline, like, I just don't think I could handle that and I think you're absolutely right even in households where women kind of I hate to say this but women are kind of running it you know the guys are (laughs) kind of the silent providers not saying that that's bad but like in those structures I think you're right like the man still does feel ultimately like responsible and so he's like I'm not really sure that like I want this on my name or like in my house because I don't know Um, but I think yeah. It, you, though, you said you didn't necessarily... You know, you weren't, like, gung-ho, committed to it in the beginning. You Once you were in it, you were you were committed to it, and you were confident enough in yourself to know that you would figure it out, and you would get there, which I think a lot of people are not. They're not confident that they can get there,
2: you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. <laughs> so if that's very
1: scary. Yeah.
2: <laughs> if, if you're going to step into foster care, like, you've got to mean it. And that's one thing. If people are... Think they talk to us about, I'm thinking about being a foster parent. It's like, you know, you sign up, you stick with it. Yeah. Like, don't you, like, I'm trying not to be a jerk. Don't you dare <laughs> sign up for this and then realize that you don't want it after a kid's already in your home, after they've already started calling you mommy and daddy. And then you're going to call the caseworker and say, I can't handle this. Can you move them? Because mm-hmm. every time those kids move, it breaks attachments and it hurts them. Like, I, I understand we're all trying to figure out where we're at. You know, I'm not a totally mercy, merciless person. Like if you're going to sign up for this, like find your grit, get your, get in your gut and be ready to take it on the chin. Because every time we've said, yes, we were ready at that moment without even meeting the kid, just on the phone. Every time we've said, yes, I was willing to adopt that kid if that's what it came to. And that's my kid forever. I don't care what they light on fire. I don't care what parts of my house they eat eat like (laughs)
4: these
2: are all inside jokes these things have happened not the fire praise praise god not the fire but you know what i mean like (laughs) if i commit to
3: you not the fire yet
2: (laughs) but if i commit to you that means like i said you're in my house i'm your dad i can't just ship any kid away just because i don't like how they're active so if you're thinking about getting into it you be in it and you know and again, that's knowing your identity. You can do it. Yeah, and I think it's not just being tough, that, but you can do it. Along with
3: that, they prepare you so well beforehand. You know, we we knew we weren't gonna, we knew we could not handle teenagers. Yes, that just we knew we couldn't nope. do it. Nope, nope, nope. And nope, nope. you know, we probably would have been the ones being like, we we can't handle this. Can you please come get them? But you know, they prepare you so well in the beginning, um, let you letting you choose. You know, check the boxes. Yeah. Glasses or no glasses, boy or girl, blah, blah, blah. Um, so I found that super helpful.
2: But. Yeah, it's true. They, they try and scare you straight before they get you signed up. <laughs> it's like they got well, a week. And
1: I think a lot of people feel like bad to sometimes like to give a preference.
3: Um, I did.
1: Like, yeah. I absolutely did. I remember did. being like, oh my gosh, I'm going to say I know. Like I'm right. I know. say that I can't do certain things. Like yeah. you feel guilty. But yep. I think especially – when you're starting like it's totally okay to say like these are the yeah. things i feel comfortable with doesn't mean because they're going to call you outside those limits they will yeah <laughs> <laughs> it will give you a and them a little bit of a boundary to kind of work under yeah um, i think it's okay you know it's better that you be available for those people than be available for no one right and you know, God will work in mysterious ways, and if you're supposed Holy to have somebody God. outside of your bubble, they gonna come anyway. So, yep. but yeah, no. <laughs> that's, that's so true. <laughs> well, I'm wondering because you know, honestly, I feel like I'm more exhausted, and I've only been doing this for like three years of two kids. What okay. what have you guys done to stay in it and stay? healthy and stay happily married like
0: and what's your community like yeah Yeah,
1: secret
3: um I honestly feel like I did not handle the stress of it very well um in a sense that or when I'm in when I'm in the zone I I I take it and I run and and I work hard and I and I don't look up and I don't acknowledge anything that's going on in here and in, inside me my own feelings. Um <clears throat> I I I I just I did what we needed to do. We we ran that race, boy, and we just I I didn't deal with Amber very well. So when um Rona hit, um I was I was a mess like I mean, 10 years of built-in, built-up stresses, fears, anxieties, all those things. Um, I was having panic attacks so much um, at, at the end of the year, at the end of 2020. Um, I, so, I mean, that was a lesson in itself. But I honestly feel like while I was in all of that, the, 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 the craziness, you know, of, of our life over the past 10 years, Alex was a huge support system for me. My our family, my family's local. Um, Like my dad forces us to go on dates once a month. Um, So you know he'll watch the kids, even though we we feel so bad. The kids. Yeah, yeah, and that it's crazy. My mom, she's like, she's like, oh, your dad will do it, and he loves it. Like he 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 comes over by himself and he'll watch all ten. But well, not but. And we try because we feel bad to put, we either do, we have pizza ready and then their jammies are on. He can just put him to bed or we'll put him to bed and he'll come over. And so on those nights we'll go out for dinner or something. And like, an hour in, we're like falling asleep at the table. We're just like, I'm just go home. <laughs> we're just exhausted. Like, yay, date night. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's so real.
3: <laughs> like, you know, that's just where we were at. You know, um, we tried on our ten year anniversary to do a, a yeah. weekend getaway. Yeah, yeah. And then Mercy was born. So we had to take her <laughs> on our 10 year anniversary. Because none
2: of the sitters could handle another infant in addition to the multiple other children they were yeah. watching. She was very fresh. And so. You,
3: were you like splitting them up into small groups? We did. <laughs> yes. <laughs> His mom came down and watched a few. My parents watched. Is there a third? My siblings did your
2: siblings watch a couple for at least one night of it or something? Something Or they came over to (laughs) mom and dad's house and they, yeah, I have four, I have three
3: siblings, so somebody did something. Somebody did something. something.
2: Appreciate you guys. Somebody did
3: something. And we only had six at that time, six kids only. So, yeah, now we're like, we're never gonna get away for a week. I mean, it'll be a long time, (laughs)
0: probably. Yeah, so if you are a little bit older,
3: yeah. And it gets easier as the years go. And I have to remember that they're not going to stay young forever. Right. I'm sad, but yeah, I think, um, our family is a huge, huge support, um, uh, system for us. We wouldn't be able to do it without them. That's awesome.
2: Church family too. Yeah. I mean, I think we get fed multiple times a week. (laughs) Oh my gosh. (laughs) Because people from church would just bring (laughs) us food.
1: Still.
3: Yeah.
2: It's, It's awesome. Oh yeah. Yeah. See, oh, yeah, good. Good. Yeah. Like
1: right at first, and then it kind of dies down.
3: Yeah.
1: They can no, know they feed you. Yeah. At least once
3: a week. Somebody's yeah, always they saw us struggling, from.
2: bro. Yeah. Like, we're good.
1: Yeah. 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 I don't even care how they got to you. I
3: don't care. <laughs> yeah. <for
1: you>. yeah. <laughs> like, even if you push them all out, I'd be <laughs> 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 I need to be on train. Help me.
3: Yeah. But. I think, and I'm always so vocal about, like, if I was rich, I would hire a cook. Not a cleaner. I'll clean. I, I, cooking is just, it's so hard <laughs> right now, and I don't know, and people all, will ask us, you know, how, how can we support foster families? Like, we want to support them, and Alex always says, feed and us, babysitter. yeah, and, and babysit. Food and babysitter, <laughs> same thing
2: any parents want,
3: yep. foster or not. We, we will you. definitely not refuse either one of those. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so that, that's that been awesome. We, we have an amazing um, church family too, that, yeah.
1: People so, always talk about like, self-care,
3: what what does that look like for you guys for me <laughs> yeah. um I I dance I love to dance so that's my um exhale um and I teach it too so and it's mostly kids and I dance with a group too but teaching kids is so fun it's it's it's, it's weird I'm always surrounded by that's children awesome. But it's awesome. <laughs> it makes me feel really good, and it, to see their little faces light up when they get something or whatever. Um, and then, um, well, I he he made a stu- he built a studio in our garage for me. Um, so it's that even, even, right. Um, that's something I've always talked about. Like, oh, it'd be so cool to have a home studio, and just kind of like in passing conversation. And he always would remember. He'd be like, one day we're gonna do it. One day we're gonna do it. And it couldn't have come at a better time because during you know, 2020, uh, all of the, our classes got, you know, stopped. Um, so not being able to dance would have been really hard, but I was able to keep, you know, dancing, sneak out, take some me time and uh, yeah, dance in the studio. And I don't know for you. I don't know. You better be doing something. I will tell you what he likes. <laughs> Alex is a nature person. He loves to go out and take barefooted walks in in our yard, in the mud, and feel the grass between his toes and all I that. I want to
2: feel how the water's flowing across the landscape when it rains, okay? <laughs> you got to have bare feet for that. Hydrology is important.
3: Anyway. I love that. <laughs> he loves permaculture and all that stuff. So I think. Um, you know, if he if and you like to build, I mean, you love your job too. But I think oh, yeah. if he had extra time, uh, he would be outside planting stuff and digging holes. And I think
1: if work is your release, then you have done a good. Yeah. yeah. If you, <laughs> you love do. what you do and that's your like escape, that's. Yeah. yeah. Totally. Some yeah. people gotta escape from their jobs and their kids. So yeah, you- <laughs> that's good. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. So I I know, Amber, that um, you wanted to talk about some guilt that you have felt in the process. And Alex, maybe you can kind of think about Mm -hmm. just maybe a part of it that's been like hard for you or doubts that you've had as as she's talking.
3: Yeah, well, we were we kind of touched on it a little bit ago, too, um, when he was talking about knowing. Uh, our identity and, and accepting like who we are as parents as foster parents understanding you know we are foster parents you know if that's the case um not legal or anything like that and respecting you know all parties like we are all for that and that's awesome and great um i have especially on mother's day Uh, those days are super hard because I would always feel just overwhelmed with guilt and I couldn't really shake it and I didn't really understand why. Um, I just remember sitting one day thinking like, why is this day so hard for me? And I was like, dang, I feel guilty. Like, I feel like I'm I'm stealing something from somebody else. And um, it was really hard for me to enjoy it. Um, And just over the years, I've really learned to just kind of, I think the Lord's just been teaching me to um, use that to, to pray for the bio families and the birth mothers and the birth fathers, um, you know, that they would, that their hearts will heal and that they will, you know, move forward and, and get better, whatever the case is. Um, and that that really helped. I don't want to say, well, I don't believe the guilt is something that I should carry. Um, concern maybe, but not guilt. And that was just a lack of being confident in in who I was, um, and then that post that I put on on our social media page um, was shocking. Um, just the the feedback that we got from a couple of people uh, opened my eyes to some some new groups, I guess, in the foster care world. Um, of just, how did they put it? Uh, oh, uh, foster or adoptive, it was adoptive parent, actually. Adoptive parent fragility, I think is what it said. Oh,
2: yeah.
3: Um, uh, Feeling um, offended whenever um, an adoptee refers to their bio parent as mom or... Uh, and there's like language now, like first family instead of biological family. Like, and and this is all stuff I'm learning. Um, so I, I, I'm, I'm interested in learning more about it. Um, what I'm, what I've picked up so far though, um, well, one of them, uh, one lady messaged me and said something about, um. How unethical it was, it is to want to be a foster to adopt family, to have the desire to adopt children that come into your home through foster care, um, and then there's that guilt filling again. So I was just that—that's been really interesting. Um, not really one hundred percent sure I agree with that point of view. Um, I think that if foster parents understand their role um, and and support reunification that um, if there's still that desire in your heart, like Alex said, you know, I will adopt you if it goes, if it goes that way. Uh, I think that's completely healthy and good. Um, we're not going to go talking to the the kid like, Hey, if this doesn't work out, we're going to adopt you. Like you use, you know, wisdom yeah. and discretion. Um, there's, there's etiquette and things like that. Absolutely. 100%. And our goal is not to sabotage, you know, anything, mm-hmm. Uh, but to support um, so the, it's interesting. I my eyes are being open to a whole new world um, in the foster care adoption or area arena. So that's been <laughs> that's been interesting that,
1: um, for <laughs> a long time, the culture has been to maybe prioritize the voice of the adoptive parent. Or the foster parents. Mm-hmm. And rightfully so, I think people are angry about that. Mm-hmm. Um, which, you know, all of us in this conversation have never been on any other side of the table. Right. But if, you know, we're not enemies of each other and we're at the same table. And at the end of the day, it's about having empathy.
3: Yes. And
1: it's about being able to realize that we're parents too in a different way and it's actually incredibly hard to parent a child that you didn't bond with Mm -hmm. in utero it's hard you know it's hard for us too and i think we're allowed to say that yeah we should be allowed to say that just like i want to be sensitive to what my children's mother feels and the hurt that i know that she has Absolutely. I care about that. And I'm sad on Mother's Day, too, Mm -hmm. for her. I don't feel guilty. I don't feel responsible. Right. But I'm sad for her. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's hard that my kids fight attaching with me often Mm -hmm. and that Mm -hmm. there's always another mother in their mind. I don't think that, but I know that's true. And I know, and I don't blame them. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So I think We get into trouble when we try to tell somebody they're not allowed to have their feelings on the side of the conversation. We're all allowed to have our feelings and we're not perfect. We're not Jesus. We don't love 100% selflessly. We all want things to be easier and simpler and we don't want to experience pain. It's painful when a child that we love leaves. Nobody wants that. At the same time, we want what's best for them and we know that, It's probably better if they can go home Mm -hmm. with their families. We know that still hurts. Yep. You know, so I think it's just, it's hard to hear the honest truth. And it's hard to not feel like somebody's voice is getting put higher than somebody else's. Right. Absolutely.
3: Yeah. Yeah. It's, It's helped me, it's helped me figure out like what, what really matters, um, like I, I looked at myself like, okay, so what, what am I, which voice, you know? And I, I, for me, it's, it's the kid. Kids. It's the kid. All day. I'll, I'll, I'll say goodbye. I'll cry. But as long as they're okay, that's all that matters. Like that's, that's what I care about. I just want them to be okay. And if it's not with me, then it's not with me. I'll get over it. I and mean, it may take a minute, but, and it, and it stings, but, and that's that whole, like, crazy roller coaster that people just will not know unless you've done this like you're happy you're sad you're mad you're excited you're relieved you're grieving all of those feelings at once yep it's crazy (laughs) it's crazy but yeah that's um the 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 guilt and it's that's an interesting lesson that I've been learning
0: I also think like from the foster parent perspective like sometimes others who aren't foster parents or maybe even birth parents, like we have to live in that constant of like, we didn't birth our children and it's a constant battle, like their whole life, whether it's, it's always on a spectrum, right? Like some kids come out, it's easier for them than others, but like, there's always going to be trauma. There's always going to be those behaviors that they're, they're constantly fighting and that we're like Patricia kind of mentioned we're kind of fighting with them, Mm -hmm. you know, or supporting them. And that's a totally different type of parenting. It is. It just is. Yep. It just is. Yep. And that's hard too. That's really hard. Yeah. I was looking at that comment and, for those of you listening didn't hear it basically said like you're not a parent just because you adopt you broke up a family it was very harsh mm-hmm. um it said like you're responsible for breaking up a family mm-hmm. nobody wants to see their just like any other parent you we don't want to see our children hurt yeah. we don't we wish that wasn't our children's story right like we wish right. they didn't come from brokenness mm-hmm. we wish they never had to experience that whether they were an infant or five or 13 or or whatever it might be, right? We don't like seeing our kid. We wouldn't wish that on our children, right? You know, so it's yes. that was kind of a callous comment, and I understand where you're coming from, like honoring those perspectives. But that comment in particular was just,
3: yeah, yeah. And I think, callous. yeah, I think part of the reason why it raised, like, whatever, people got a couple people got angry. Um, they assumed, and and I think maybe I even assumed it too. Or I said maybe this person was adopted or a birth parent who knows I don't um but to put it out there and to like shame the person you know what if it was an adoptee and you're shaming them and I was like I I I I put it out there because I wanted people to know like this is reality for some people some people do not have beautiful adoption stories and this was eye-opening for me uh to to be like, oh wow, like not everybody's stories are going to look like ours, you know. It's it's not always beautiful, unfortunately, and that sucks. Like I wish it was different. Um, yeah, but oh <laughs> yeah, and then people started jumping on the person that commented, and that really wasn't yeah, my goal was either. About That's about really that. why I, I turned off most of the, all the comments because a lot of the yeah. I didn't I didn't want that either. I just wanted yeah. people to see like this is a reality, mm-hmm. like adoption isn't always rainbows and butterflies, you you know, it's hard. So, Very. Yeah.
2: (laughs) How about you? (laughs) Uh, I'm sorry, what was the question?
1: (laughs) Just, like, what maybe the hardest part of it has been for you? Like, the most stretching or challenging part of your experience?
2: Honestly, I just... It's not really particular to foster care. That's fine. But just being being a dad, you know, I I let myself get too wrapped up in seeing how they like certain tendencies and behaviors they have as young kids, and I get all this worry in me that they're going to end up screwing up their life, you know, uh, because they tend to be what I don't know over emotional or have a temper or you know what I mean, mm-hmm. and it's like it's like come on, this kid's eight, like calm down, like we have to. Like, I feel such a a responsibility to help my kids grow into the people that they should be. But at the same time, I I let that overshadow sometimes. Like, like I just need to chill. Sometimes I'm like, dude, these are little kids. Like, calm yourself. (laughs) This is not life and death yet. But at the same time, I know it's just like I don't want to let things get built up to where, you know, they have these... (laughs) horrible tendencies that are going to like ruin their lives i mean I'm, I'm guilty so much of saying like do you want to keep acting like this and if you do you're not going to have any friends nobody's going to
4: like
2: you <laughs> I know yep. friends, but nobody will like you and i'm just like and i'm talking to like a seven-year-old kid I'm like, what are you doing shut up <laughs> so i don't know i mean i think that's just a parent thing
1: that's
2: yeah for just my that's just yep. hard for me personally and that. I that's said-
1: out the other day i tolerate this because i'm your mom other people they're not going to take this from you
3: i I feel like you know i'm a lot yep oh yeah we've even gone the route of with our eight-year-old he he understands things in a very deep way he's very like he's a big feeler yes so we have to be like straight with him yeah he has big feelings (laughs) so like we go we tell him that too like we're like dude you know you you can you can you're mouthing off and everything we love you but you're gonna come across the wrong person and they're gonna suck you in the face <laughs> and you're gonna and we're just gonna be there to help you clean up your face but i'm gonna be like i told you so like we haven't talked to him that yeah. way like
2: he's like well i don't want to get beat up i'm like then what's your mouth <laughs> i need him to get punched soon because the older you <laughs> get the harder kids punch i want him to get punched by a third grader and not wait till he's 20 messing with some person on That's the street hilarious. i need him to get punched now while it's safe and
3: he wants to be a police officer and i'm like do you really think you're going to pass drill school with this attitude your officers are gonna kick you out <laughs> like yeah
1: i'm glad oh, yeah. other people feel that way too christina and I oh yeah talk about that all the time Yeah.
0: it's like it's such we talk about this all the time it's such a hard like line to walk yeah. right it, it's so hard bio parent or foster parent adoptive parent like it's such a hard line to walk between like letting them be their age and what right. does that even mean really and then like putting reality in front of their faces sometimes oh, yeah. and they seem not to be getting it oh right? yeah you know? i mean absolutely we have said that to my daughter when she's eight seven six like yeah. you People are not going to want to be your friend, baby. Like, if you keep right. doing this way, like, they're not going to want to be your friend. Or if you don't wash under your armpits, people are going to make fun of you. Like, you're going to be the stinky kid at school. <laughs> do you want to be the stinky kid? No. <laughs> I don't know how else to say baby. Like, I don't know. <laughs>
3: exactly. <laughs>
1: exactly. <laughs> thing exactly. is the hardest job on earth. Yeah. I don't yeah. care how you come to it. It is the hardest job.
3: Right. Ever. You exactly.
1: constantly question yourself. Oh, yeah. Um,
2: do you, guys, do you guys ever have the "Do you want to die" conversation? Where it's like I tell you this to keep you safe. If you do this, do you want to die? I mean, do you guys ever say that to your kids? My they
1: children are they're very fear-based. They're my children are like afraid of everything. So uh, I to, literally, I have to tell my child. You are too big for a kidnapper to take you at this point. Yeah.
4: Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah.
2: That's
1: that's the area I have to I, wow. was, I was like, don't die. I'm like, it's okay. Don't get hurt. We'll be fine. Oh
2: my goodness. Yeah. Wow, I've never thought about that. Yeah.
1: I'm-
3: <laughs> oh my goodness.
1: Well, maybe because you got you had yours from like younger. You mm-hmm. kind of able to like mine like went through like
3: a lot of scary crap oh, before they wow, came to me yeah, they so it. they were like mm-hmm. that makes sense
1: scared of everything and I'm like "Okay, hey, we live in a very safe neighborhood like it's okay yeah nobody's coming for us yeah but still if a car goes by more than once they're stalking us
3: oh man wow
1: and I'm like they're not like yeah. you do, but you're not that cute like <laughs> probably not you it might be me but.
3: <laughs> these are the conversations inside yeah that makes sense and that's a great point like kids are different um if, even if they're biological kids they're all different they were you know you're, you have to parent them differently you have to get through to them in different ways we yeah. would never say the things that we say to our who yeah. you know 13 year old even You know, she's so
0: hard. You you think that if you just parented a four year old before, that the next four year old, you should be good to go. Like, isn't that how life should work? But no, (laughs) it's a totally different thing. It's totally different. It's not the same.
3: Oh, totally different. It would be great if it was universal. It would be so great.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it would be. Once you do it, it it should
1: win. It would be. Wouldn't it be as funny to talk about?
3: It's true. Yeah. (laughs) Every kid brings their own crazy story.
1: (laughs) Is there anything else that you guys wanted to make sure that you shared or that we talked about tonight? Anything else you're burning to tell the world?
3: (laughs) I don't think so. I don't think so. (laughs) I
2: just want to say, reiterate again, you can do it. Like, yeah you have to know that it's inside you. I mean, I don't mean to scare people away when I say, oh, you got to be have grit, you got to be tough. Mm-hmm. Don't hear that and think it's not you.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: I mean, you got to figure out whether it is or it's not. I'm not trying to shove everybody into it, but you know what I mean? If you've got that, that desire in your heart right. to maybe think about being a foster or adoptive parent, mm-hmm. or even just to step up your game as a regular old parent, you know, and like right. birth some kids or something, I don't know, make them. Like, it's... <laughs> You just gotta, you just gotta realize, like, yeah, like I got this.
4: Yeah,
2: like I could do this. I have no idea what I'm doing, but we're gonna do it. Nobody else knows what they're doing. Mm -hmm. Like I'm not, I'm not not, what's his name, Doctor Dobson, or anything. None of
4: us know what we're
2: doing. Redneck who builds kitchens. Like I can, you can do this. (laughs) You know, I mean, I mean, Amber had to stop me from sending one of our kids to school with roofing nails for her hundred day party (laughs) because. Like and I've got ten kids. (laughs) Like just figure it out. You're gonna be great. Yeah. I just (laughs) want people to know that they can do it and they've got it in them. There, you don't have this inability. Yeah. And and you don't have to know everything. It's probably better that half the crap you don't know. Yeah. (laughs) For sure. sure.
1: Yeah. That's true. Yeah. The heart. We always say that you know your heart has to be in the right place and. I think having as realistic of expectations as you can,
3: yeah,
1: is helpful. I mean, I thought mm-hmm. I had realistic expectations, <laughs> I had reality, and I was like, "Hmm, mm. no, <laughs> not realistic." Yeah, I don't either. know that you can quite have reality until reality smacks you in the face. In the face, yes. But you can try. Yeah. To have your expectations be reasonable, Let's put mm-hmm. like that. reasonable expectations. Yeah.
3: yeah, and on. I mean, honestly. I, I get so many messages from people saying that, you know, I, 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 I want to be a little more prepared or I don't know if I'm ready, but I really want to, honestly, if if you're messaging me saying that you're interested in it, and this is something that you've always wanted to do, but you're ready. Like, just do it. Just take the classes. <laughs> just, just do it. I mean, there's, so, there's so many things that, so many steps anyway yeah. that you have to go through. Just do it. And that was kind of where we were. We're like, well, let's just take the classes, get the training and be ready. If, Right. Yep. And 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 boom. Boom. And boom, boom, boom. 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 Boom <laughs> boom. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah, boom. I get
0: I get messages like that too. And just like, hey, I just want to talk to you. Like, when did you know it was the right time? I'm like, honestly, it's never going to be the right time. Just like and having boom. bio kids. Like, there's always gonna be a reason that it could be better in another season. But as soon as you that season comes, there's gonna be another reason to wait. Yeah. So yeah. you're just, you know, yeah, be in a good place. Sure. Like yeah. but if you're waiting on a bigger house or a, just little things that we like to wait on, yeah, you mm-hmm. know, those are just fears most of the time, mm-hmm. like fears and just things that we put up to block any progress yep. and,
1: um, mental and emotional stability. I do recommend. Yeah. Yes. Uh, absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. But little things like that, like, Oh, I don't have, I, I wish I had a, one more room or I wish I had a little bit bigger house or I just, I want to wait until I finish this or wait until I've finished at least three years of my job or something like that. I'm just mm-hmm. like, there's going to be something else. You can wait, but yeah. I promise you there's going to be something else that you're going to yeah. be like, I'm just going to wait a little bit longer. Yeah. And I'm like... If
1: you're- do you guys have? Bedrooms?
3: Yeah. Uh, three kids' rooms. Three kids, so four.
1: See, people would think no way that could work. You know, you can make... Oh,
2: right. Oh, yeah, I can <laughs> They don't need personal space, <laughs> bro. They're little.
0: They don't need personal space. They're little.
3: Yeah. Now yeah. that, that is, that is something that is changing. You know, they're getting older and bigger and their clothes are getting bigger. And mm-hmm. so we're hoping to add on to our house in, in the next in couple the of years. Just because we need more bedrooms, but mm-hmm. we're, it's working. We're, we've made it work. Yeah. You know? In your you know.
0: season that you're in, you've made it work.
3: Yeah. yeah. just mm-hmm. and that's cuz like you said once you have kids you do what you just do it. You make it work for them right. <laughs> because yep. you have to. <laughs> yeah, and you surprise yourself. You're like, "Oh, okay. I, creativity. You start thinking, you know? You start you come yeah. out of your your shell and you you start thinking. Yeah. They matter and you you know that in your heart and you you, you act accordingly. It, it's it's amazing. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. Well, you guys are super fun. I knew you would be. <laughs> <laughs> we well, we are very I, <laughs> Like, yeah, really funny, need her on the show, <laughs> and you're funny too, Alex. So that worked out. I didn't know what I was gonna get with you, I wasn't sure.
3: You were surprised. No, that is not true. <laughs>
1: he's not, he said he's not funny, he said he's I'm funnier. funnier than her. I'm, I mean, hey, I see the competition.
2: She's so smart, she's just staying out of
1: it. That's all right. therapist. I do this for a living, I stay she out of it. She's
0: the therapist, so she'll be able to mediate the situation. Love it.
3: I I tell him he's only funny if I laugh.
0: (laughs) She's very logical, this one. Very logical.
2: Whatever. You know, I used to be scared of black people. I know people can't see this on the podcast, but Amber's black and I'm white, in case you don't know who we are. I was afraid of black people when I went to college. He was. And it worked out. It's cool. (laughs) Right? right it's cool it's cool i mean i make plenty of stupid mistakes
1: yeah <laughs> she said yeah
2: i'm a terrible person
1: yes <laughs> you are. yes well we're hilarious i have some family in ohio so if i'm ever up there i'm stopping
0: yes. I'm, originally, I'm originally from pennsylvania so okay
3: yeah where are you yeah. where are you now or do, can you say that we're
0: in south carolina okay mm-hmm cool yeah, so I moved down here like eight years ago and she's from Virginia Beach originally, so. Ah, we
3: go there for vacations. We love oh, her anymore. But, yeah.
0: I, <laughs> don't look her up when you're there. <laughs> okay. I mean, probably, but if y'all have to come down to South Carolina, I'm sure between our two houses town. you yeah. can house your family, so if um, you ever need yeah. a trip down to <laughs> Carolina's, yeah. we'd, we'd be happy to split you guys up and host.
1: we yeah. <laughs> like used to just like with bags or like air mattresses. Oh <laughs>
0: yeah.
3: Absolutely. We've done some crazy stuff with with all kids. How do they all fit in the cars? Oh, <sighs> oh yeah. We drive a transit, so I mean, we we didn't grow out of the 12 passenger, but the car seats take up so much space. Right huge. They do. We had to go with the 15 passenger. How long does it take to load the car?
2: <laughs> we have enough of them that are old enough now, they can help buckle and carry babies out it didn't used to be that way so this season is actually not the worst it's as not far the as car seats
3: it's still sad, especially in the winter because their coats oh. are so big no, we're
1: we we're we
3: we are, yeah we've got eight more inches coming in the next couple of days we're we're all snowed yeah we're all snowed in right now
1: you guys are awesome
3: <laughs> i would say like if I, by myself, if I'm by myself with them, it probably takes me I, about 15 minutes to get everybody situated.
0: Oh, I about that. Yeah. yeah. I thought it was going to be longer. Yeah, it's
3: no big deal. Once you get them buttoned up, that might be the worst part, actually. But it's- Oh,
0: but you can't, like, go to multiple places. I don't even like going multiple places with two. Like, <laughs> getting them out, getting them back in, out and back in again. Yep. That sounds horrible.
3: Yep. I haven't- like-
0: yeah. Maybe now, like all the like pickup stuff is like working in your favor because you can just order online and like pull up in that spot no, and get I, stuff in your car.
3: I still haven't done that, but I I was planning on it. But he usually does yeah. the grocery shopping.
0: Uh, okay.
3: I used to do it. I loved it. I I did it up until the two babies came. So we had eight kids. We all they all had a place on the shopping cart.
0: Oh
3: I had two, carried one, one in the. Card with the legs sticking out, and lined them up on the side of the carts, and they knew that was their place. You hold on, you don't let go, stay with me. And when we turned corners into the aisles, and people saw us coming, they moved. No, they, they, they didn't. They what that drove me crazy? You to run when you see that run. I, you think they would just look at me and not? And I don't know if they were counting or <laughs> maybe. <not. laughs> and I'm just like, excuse me, can slide over a little bit so we can get by <laughs> it took forever to shop because we would not move but yeah once we had once our two little babies came they're five months apart i was like i can't i can't do this i still the
0: patience it. you must have though like I, you know, I know you probably don't feel like you have patience but from the outside looking in <laughs> I feel like you both have to have an abnormal amount of patience
3: <laughs> we try <with>
0: children <laughs> That's, I mean, to be like, I used to love taking my eight kids to the store at one time. You, you, have, some pa- you have some patience, girl. You have some patience.
3: We tried to do stuff like that on purpose because we, we, we want them to know how to behave. And, yeah. you know, it, it's important to us. We go out to dinner. We still do that every now and then. Um, we, we want them to know, you know, when you're out, this is how you behave.
2: Yeah, you ain't going to act a fool. Uh-uh. Not here, not at home. mm <laughs> Right. So we do what we can, but yeah, those That's
3: are just awesome. things we've found. You
0: important. guys rock. Thank you so much for share, coming on and just chatting with us. No problem. What a pleasure it was to hear you guys. It's so cool. So Thank Thanks for having um, me. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for doing what you're doing. It's awesome. And thanks for sharing. If you like today's episode or any of our episodes, we'd really appreciate a kind review on Apple Podcasts or just to share with your friends me, you think might be and hearing the stories that are told.